but I'll say it again, shoot your shot. Yeah. You mm -hmm. never know, like, you know, that simple email, that simple Instagram DM, it doesn't matter where it will get you. Welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20-something with me, Kylie McDonald. Happy Tuesday. Hope you all are having a great week so far. Um, I know the world has been low-key a little crazy, low-key a little bit on fire. I know. Just hope you're hanging in there. What we all witnessed in Washington was crazy, terrible, insane, and not even trying to be funny, but the amount of selfies that were taken while breaking into the Capitol was disturbing on multiple levels. Um, anyway, I don't really want to talk about that stuff on here at this point because I just feel like it's everywhere and I feel like sometimes we need a second to breathe. Anyway... What else did I want to talk about? Okay, let's take a complete left turn to get your driver's license. <laughs> okay, if you guys don't get that, that's your fault because you are not obsessed with the Disney Channel drama that is currently happening. I am not a Disney person. Like, I'm not like some crazy Disney adult at all. But I will say, that I'm 26 years old and I did watch High School Musical, the musical, the series, and thoroughly enjoyed it. So, the lead girl on that show, Olivia Rodrigo, superstar. Like, this girl's 17, she's gonna be huge because this was her debut single and it's amazing. So, she and the lead guy on the show, his name is Josh something, um, we're dating, you know, behind the scenes, on screen and off, you know, they had that little thing going like all the Disney stars did back in the day. So something happened, they broke up, Josh started dating Sabrina Carpenter, and of course, poor Olivia is heartbroken and writes this incredible song called Driver's License where she's talking about driving alone past his street because she was so excited to drive around town with him when she finally could drive and now she can't because he broke her heart and I'm feeling this song back in my hometown where I didn't even have anything close to a boyfriend in high school. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am just feeling this song. Ooh, and I gotta say, the song is so good. The tea behind the song is so good. It has me thoroughly invested in the drama of all these Disney stars like it's Miley Cyrus, Nick Jonas, and Selena Gomez all over again. So, if you haven't listened to that song, Maybe you shouldn't because it's all I could think about, honestly. <laughs> oh, and Josh, Joshua Bassett, that's his name. He has a new song coming out on Thursday. So obviously this is all 
a total PR move, but props to them because it's a good one. I'm fine with it. I don't even care. Go listen to the song. <laughs> Literally, obviously, not being paid. They don't care about me at all. Um, but go listen. <laughs> what else? Oh, guys, the combined Mega Millions and Powerball jackpots are above one billion dollars right now. So if you are over 18, which I think most of you are because 20-somethings are the demographic I'm going for, get out there and buy a lotto ticket, especially if you are in New York because I want to bring you a big check. I love it when the jackpots are hi it makes my job really exciting so it's a fun week at work i gotta say if you go buy a lotto ticket send me a little screenshot can't do anything about it don't know any of the winning numbers obviously but uh, i want to see you playing it's fun i wish i could play i wish i could be in it to win it okay i'll stop okay Today on the show, we have Tabby Barnett. She is a filmmaker, documentarian, and media expert. She's honestly just a really great girl who's making big moves so early on in her career. And she produces such beautiful work. We go in depth about her short film, I Am Free. There's a dog barking outside, and it's annoying me. <laughs> but I definitely want you all to check out I Am Free shut up um <laughs> the link to it is in her instagram bio and her instagram handle is at tabby underscore barnett b-a-r-n-e-t-t and while you're at it you can follow the podcast at chapter 20 something pod follow me official kylie mcdonald guys honestly i turned off my instagram notifications and it's making such a difference in my life. Like, I swear I'm only going on once a day, not thinking about it, not stressing about it, which I shouldn't be, but sometimes I do, honestly. So, would highly recommend. But I do care about this podcast, so if you could rate, review, subscribe, share it with a friend, text it, post it, whatever you want to do, would sincerely appreciate it. And, um, of course, always feel free to reach out and let me know what you think. Yeah, other than that, guys, thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye. Today, we have a very special guest, a girl that I've known, honestly, probably since I was like... Long time. Nine, ten, yes. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Tabby Barnett, everybody. Hey. Yay. I don't know why. I honestly don't know. I just waited for applause. There's nobody here. <laughs> Yeah, she straight up just waved to the camera like, hello. Oh my God. <laughs> well, anyway, now that we got that awkward introduction out of the way, <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. What are you up to right now? Where are you? What are you doing? So I'm in Fishkill. Hometown. Hometown. Oh yeah. I'm in Fishkill now and I'm doing freelance photography for Healy Brothers here. Cool. Taking pictures of cars. Great time. Do you like it? <laughs> I'm happy and very fortunate to have a job right now because there's so many people that don't have jobs at all. Yeah. But I'm also fortunate because it's in the media world and not everybody can really say that stuff. So not necessarily like the number one thing I'd want to be doing because I'm not a car expert by any means, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's getting me by. 
yeah it's like you said it's kind of like a stepping stone you're doing your thing Mm -hmm. and honestly it's useful to know about cars I don't know anything about cars but sometimes people will bring up things about my car to me I'm like yep it's a white car it's cool (laughs) that was me too and I was kind of looking forward to like knowing a little bit more about cars especially like I have not parallel parked since my driving test yes (laughs) and I still can't parallel park but uh, this job has taught me to back into spaces better (laughs) and because you have to do that now and I never had to do that before I was way too anxious to do that (laughs) yeah I feel pretty comfortable with it okay good (laughs) we can get into a parking spot guys (laughs) it's so funny it's like you become a photographer you're like yes and I can park a car kind (laughs) of on my special skills on my resume can back into parking spot. Yeah, can back it up. <laughs> I'm going to use that exact phrasing. <laughs> Please do. Tell me where you get hired because I oh, want to I will. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Tabby and I, like we just said, uh, we both grew up in Fishkill, New York. You were in my brother's grade, Shane. Yes. I feel, yeah, you had classes with him throughout elementary school. You know what's so funny? I was talking to my mom when I told her I was going to do this and our families are so intertwined in like so many different ways. Like, I don't know if you know, my mom took self-defense classes from your dad. Yes, I do remember that. And that totally, like, that. she loved that. I think she took it, like, twice. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's great. That. Then, yeah, I went to school with Shane, and I've known you for a long time. Cause yeah. That. And then mm-hmm. I think my sister played volleyball with one of your sisters. Yeah, yeah. I remember. It's so weird how that's I like. know. I remember um, I came to your house like a couple of years ago with my sister and your sister and your brother were there. We were playing that card game. What's it called? Like uh, Name Five or something. Oh, yeah. they play it on the Ellen Show. Right. And it's you have to name oh. five things of like a certain topic. And it was just a hot mess. That was such a hot mess. I remember we started playing with the timer and then it was like, mm, no. This is not worth it anymore. <laughs> we can't do this. We're not equipped. It's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, so back in your early days, elementary school, middle school, high school, did you know that film is what you wanted to do? No, not at all. I mean, in hindsight, I look back and I remember when I got my first MacBook and it had iMovie on it. And Mm -hmm. I would always make these dumb music videos to like high school musical songs and Cheetah Girls with my sister, my brother, and whoever was coming over, we would sit down and make music videos. Just like force them into it, right? I would totally force (laughs) them into it. I still wish I could find them because I remember they're so bad. They had all (laughs) these stupid effects on them and all that. But that was kind of like my first, I guess I would say, film experience. I didn't think of anything of it. I was like, this is like a fun hobby. Yeah. So when you were a kid, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Like, what was your answer to that question, I guess? (laughs) I told myself I was going to be an actor or something because I was totally into acting and doing musical theater and dancing. So I was always very shy growing up and that was kind of like my outlet. I feel the same way. Like I wasn't like a very outgoing kid, I guess, in school. But when I was like in the dance studio or like on stage, like that's where I felt most comfortable. And that's where, you know, I could be like what I wanted to be. And I know that it's the same for so many kids out there now too. So it's, it's cool to like look back and hear of other people having that same experience, you know? Totally. And it's so ironic for like somebody to be like, I'm really quiet and I'm really shy, but I love being on stage. <laughs> so weird yeah. about it. I don't really know why that is, but maybe it's because you have a little bit of direction or I don't know. For me, it's just like where I felt alive and it's like, that's where I wanted to show what I could do. And you also got like an opportunity to play somebody else, which sounds kind of deep, but 
you got to play somebody, somebody other than yourself, you know? Oh yeah. And yeah, that's what I love about acting. You can take whatever you're going through and mm-hmm. put it kind of into another person, another character, and it's therapeutic in a way. Totally. Okay, so you ended up going to SUNY Purchase, right? I did, yes. You went into that for film, or what was your major? Yeah, so I went into the film conservatory at SUNY Purchase, and I did that for four years and got my Wow. Good for you. Congratulations, by the way. When did you graduate? Last year? Yeah, last year, 2019. I mean, Purchase is known for being such a great school and having a great arts program, and I'm sure it's tough in its ways, too, just like any art school is. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I've just grown so much, not just artistically, but as a person there, too. I was opened up to so many new experiences and people, and, you know, I always had the argument some people like why would you go to college for art why don't you just jump into the workforce as a lot of people would say but I wouldn't treat it because I just feel like I wouldn't have gotten the opportunities I've gotten without going to college so maybe yeah. necessarily okay you could go on YouTube and look up the courses but you don't get that experience of meeting other people and going to these internships and trying all these different things or maybe you don't have access to all the equipment that schools offer Yeah. And I feel like it's such a crash course, not only in the education of the craft itself, but also in like the business world and dealing with people who you haven't dealt with before, different personalities. And I don't know, in my experience, like at my school, like you kind of get knocked down a little bit to be built back up. And that's tough. But again, like you said, I know I would not be where I am today like without that education, without that college experience. So I agree with you 100%. And yeah, I think we're both very lucky that we've been able to be educated in what we want to do. You know, super important to uh, recognize your education and where you come from. Totally. So I know that you interned at Marvel, correct? Yes. That's so cool. That was a great experience. My God. Oh my God. Dream come true. I still can't even believe that I could like say that I work here. <laughs> yeah. So was that like right up your alley? Like, do you love Marvel, all that oh, stuff? Oh yeah. I've loved Marvel since I was young. And it didn't really click for me that I specifically loved superheroes and like Marvel in particular as a brand until I was, I'd say, high school. I was thinking about it. I was like, I was really infatuated with the Ninja Turtles and Batman Beyond and the Justice League series. And there was quite a few that I watched as a kid, but I never like thought that deeply about it that, man, I do like all these heroes. Yeah. I got older. Then I started watching all the Marvel movies and I was like, wow, I do really love this. And it made me want to read more about it. And yeah. Were you in college when you got that internship? Yeah. So I was a senior in college. Okay. That was a um, total shot in the dark applying. I was like, I'm not going to get this, but at least I could say I tried. And it was crazy. That process was so fast. I applied a week and a half later. They were like, let's interview. I was like, yes. I took a train to the <laughs> city. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. On my way now. <laughs> yep. Took a train to the city, interviewed, and I found out a week later I got it. Oh my God, that is so fast. So fast, that whole process. I couldn't even believe that. Right? But seeing, like, what an important lesson that is. Marvel is obviously, like, number one. You know, of course, like, I, obviously you're super talented, but you're like a college kid. You're like, yeah, I'll apply. Like, let me just shoot my shot. And then you end up getting it. Like, you never know what's going to happen. And it's such an important lesson in, like, going after what you want and giving everything a shot, you know? That's definitely a big lesson I learned in college. Before I entered at Marvel, I worked with this guy, Jordan Matter. He's a dance photographer. I interned for him for about a year. And the only reason I got that internship was because 
I shot in the dark, shot him an email and was like, if you ever need an intern, I'm around. And he got back to me within a week and he made me an intern for a whole year. And I would have never gotten it had I had not reached out. It's so important just putting yourself out there. And I always say one thing leads to the next. So I'm sure, you know, that internship not only educated you, but led you to more opportunities, more connections, as did Marvel and as, as did, I'm sure, everything else you're doing. And even yeah. this, like, as soon as I put the post for this podcast, like, you messaged me. You're like, hey, I'm so down. And yeah. I'm like, absolutely. Like, I know you're doing great things. I'd love to have you on here. Yes. Um, and I, I think that's just so important. And I know I have to do that more often. And I get a little nervous, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'll put myself out there, but it's always worth it. Even if it's a no, whatever, your name's in their head for next time. Yeah. It's so nerve wracking to do that. I had to like build up the courage for a while. And I do feel like I've missed out on opportunities because I didn't jump on it or like, oh, maybe I should have followed up or, oh, maybe I should have just sent it. What's the worst they could do? Say no. I think I was just so afraid of that. No, like it was going to like be life or death when it really wasn't. It, it never is. It yeah. really never is. There's always another opportunity the next day or even in the same day. You go on Indeed, LinkedIn, there's hundreds of opportunities out there. And I mean, not saying apply to every single job that's on that website, but you know, you never know. <laughs> um, I forgot to ask you this before. So you went to SUNY Purchase, obviously, but what made you major in film? Yeah. So I took photography in high school because I was like, I just got to get this art credit out of the way. Photography seems like the easiest thing. Not only was it not easy, but it was very costly too because they had us do darkroom work. So we Uh had to take pictures on film and then blow it up ourselves and develop it ourselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did they give you your own camera or no? Uh, We borrowed the school's cameras, but we did have our own photo paper. So that's where the cost came in. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, John Jay. Come on. (laughs) Slacking, slacking. But I don't know. I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. So then I ended Mm -hmm. up taking that a whole year. And then I took, I think, levels two and three after that. Because I also loved the teacher I had, Talbot. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I took it with her. And then well, I'm so embarrassed. I'm thinking what? of a completely different person in my head. Wait, really? uh, I said, <laughs> I said him. I said him. It's a uh, her, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm thinking of somebody else, but yeah, love her. I guess. Don't know her. It's fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. I hope she listens to this. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. You're obviously a very inspirational teacher. Oh, all the best. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, she was a great influence in your life. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> But then I ended up taking her broadcast arts class and her media class. And the broadcast class was kind of like, I'll say the school's news channel, but even though there was no channel, but we were like learning to like do basically documentary projects about the school. And that's when it kind of clicked in my head. Like this could be actually a career and not just a hobby. So when I got into high school, this whole mentality when I was younger was like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. Or I'm going to be what a performer or whatever. It kind of set on me. It was like, this is just going to be my hobby, I think. Gotcha. It's something I liked doing and I loved doing, but it wasn't something where I was like, I don't know if I'll do this for a living, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, I get it. And it's hard to do it for a living, but I mean, yeah. you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky that you found that other outlet, which is obviously still artistic and still creative. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, it's so crazy looking back now, like how we were supposed to choose what we wanted to do in high school for a career. But 
I feel like you and me are both kind of lucky where, I mean, we're still doing it. We still love it. We were kind of lucky to find those outlets and those callings, I guess, you know, at a young age, but it's cool to just go with it. And it's so crazy because now that I, I'm wa- I watched my sister and my brother's going into high school now, which is so crazy to me. Wow. Yeah. Not being the person going through the college process or applying and just watching my younger siblings do that. It made me realize like high schools put so much pressure on these kids to pick a career, like almost, almost right then and there. And there's mm-hmm. so much like you have to go to college. You have to know exactly what you're doing. And I totally felt that pressure. I mean, like you said, thankfully, I, I knew and you knew what you wanted to do. But there's so many kids out there who are like, I'm not sure. And it's almost like frowned upon if you don't know what you want. It is. And even in college, then you feel even more pressure because, you know, you're wasting, not wasting, you're still learning, but you're putting so much time, effort, and money into this one thing. And to let go of that and to completely change your mind feels scary. But, you know, you don't realize how much time you actually had. Even now, like if we wanted to change what we want to do, who cares? We could totally do it. And I think that's so important for everybody to know. And I don't know. I mean, I think people do know that, but it's important to just normalize it just so, um, you know, we could do what we want in this world and not feel the pressure from society to stick to one thing. Yeah. And like you said, it's so normal to just change your career. Like, in your 30s, 40s, middle of college, it doesn't matter. To, at least to me, it's more important to love what you're doing rather than just do it for, oh, but this is going to make me the most money. It's like, yeah, okay, you're going to make the most money, but are you going to be happy with yourself and your surroundings? Yeah, and I agree completely. It's interesting because now, obviously, I know I feel this way. I'm sure you do too. Now that you're a little older, like you have to find a way to be financially stable. But oh, yeah. at the same time, I know I'm gonna work my butt off to make sure I can do that and I wanted to talk to you about this because I know in the film industry you're always kind of finding a new project finding the next thing so how do you handle that stress and um how do you do that practically and in a mental emotional sense too that's a tough question because especially with coronavirus it's even harder to find something than it was before oh I know (laughs) yeah (laughs) I guess it took a long time for me to get comfortable with a lot of rejection at one time. There was so many times where I just felt so beaten down of just like no after no, or not even just a no, just zero reply at all. Yeah. The application and nothing. I've heard before that people are like, I need to do six applications a day and keep going and going till I find something, which it sounds great on paper, but I feel like that does so much to your mental state too, because then you're trying to force yourself to find the job that you'll like too. I feel like just apply when the opportunity comes to you. I think so too. And you have to trust that there are going to be opportunities that come. And I think yeah. they will. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. I'm sure you stay creative too, even during your down times. How do you do that? How are you always keeping those uh, creative juices flowing, I guess? I found myself in college because I was doing so much film, which was great. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for that. But I did find myself not doing as much photography, which was something I really loved. When I went into college, I didn't know as much about film as I did photography, but I feel like photography really gave me basics of film composition and things of that nature. So I found myself just reverting kind of like back to that because I missed being able to do that. I used to do photo shoots all the time with my sister and my cousins and they used to love being in front of the camera, which was great for me because I didn't like being in front of the camera. So. I've been having a lot of fun with that, just to maintain doing something. That's so great, because obviously you you love it. You can make 
a career out of it. And people always have an event or something going on where they need somebody to capture those yeah. moments. What do, what do you like to photograph? You said you like people. Do you do yeah. events? Definitely yeah. more like portrait. I guess I'll say setup photos, even though that's kind of a stretch because I do like candid things and just genuine moments. And I found myself relating to suits of both my film and photo career. Because this is crazy. But when I went into college, I was like, I don't want to do documentary. I just want to do, you know, narrative stuff. I just want to write scripts and do all that. And then I came out of college wanting the complete opposite. I was like, I only want to do documentary. Oh my gosh. I just found myself really wanting to get genuine moments. I don't don't want to say one's more genuine with the other or realistic, but I don't know. There's just a different love I have for documentary, especially because I just made one my senior year. Oh, we're going to talk about that. I'm so excited. (laughs) I watched it. It was so good. Um, I agree with you completely. I love documentaries. And I think for me, it's, it's capturing humanity. You know, it's capturing people and their flaws and their strengths. And it's putting that into an entertaining setting, I guess. I don't yep. know if that's the best way to put it, but it is. And uh, I'll watch a documentary about anybody or anything. And, you know, I always come out crying because it's like, oh, people are just, they're beautiful. They're crazy, but they're beautiful. <laughs> it's I Am Free, right? I Am Free, yep. correct? That's mm-hmm. the name of it. So why don't you explain the premise of it? So it's about this girl. Her name's Stephanie Consiglio. She was 15 at the time we filmed it. She's a pre-professional dancer. And when she was 12, I believe, she was diagnosed with cancer. And even though she had cancer, she still battled through, even after chemo, she would just go straight to the studio and still practice. Even My through, God. Yeah. She is something else. So how did you come in contact with her or know about her story? So I met her interning for Jordan Matter. And oh, cool. While I was interning. See? Work. Work yeah. gets more work. There we go. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, I was interning for him. I was technically just a photography intern, but I did tell him I am interested in the film. And he was like, well, I'm doing this YouTube series, 10 minute challenge. And we're going to do this video. Like, do you want to come and be like a second shooter? Like, oh, that sounds great. So I ended up being his second shooter on like a lot of different videos. But the first one I did was with this girl, Stephanie. And we went back to the hospital she was treated at. Usually his 10 minute challenges are really hyper and they're like trying to get as many photos as possible, 10 minutes. But this one, since we were in a hospital, we didn't really want to do it like that. So it was kind of like, I forget how we phrase it, but it was something like how much joy we can spread in 10 minutes. So we had like a bunch of toys and we were giving it to all the kids and it was so sweet. But I ended up talking to her and meeting her family and I think it was in like Long Island. So I needed some way to get back to purchase. And they're like, well, we'll drive you. I was like, are you sure? That's kind of far. They're like, no, we have to go that way anyway. I was like, I don't believe you, but okay. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so sweet. So sweet. We had dinner and I just got to know her family a lot better. And that was my junior year of college. Was she, she was in the hospital during that point? Oh no, she was in remission and she's fine. She's fine. She was fine then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went back to the hospital she was treated at and kind of just like, like okay. visit her nurses again and they got to see cool. her basically like full of life. Yeah, how amazing. Crazy, amazing. So, I mean, I recommend that everybody watch this documentary of Tavi's. It's, I, I watched it today and I was just, it's so beautifully captured. It's so amazingly done. And it just tells the story of this girl so wonderfully. So how much time did you spend with her family? I mean, you had so many different locations. You were at her house, you were at her dance studio, you know, she had this beautiful 
piece that you said she choreographed herself. She was dancing and it's just, oh, it just looks gorgeous. How much time did you spend with them? I asked her to do this film with her probably in August of my senior year, so about a year ago. And I spent all year making it. Probably, wow. So let's say August 2018 to May 2019, I spent making it. There was a lot of time of like me just talking to her one-on-one mainly making sure what are you comfortable talking about. And also just through the conversation, I started to gauge what I wanted to tell with it. And the more I talked to her, the more I realized like I wanted people to see, yes, she went through cancer and she went through this like one thing in her life, but it doesn't define who she is. It's not all that she is. So I wanted to kind of do this like portrait documentary that shows she's more than that and there's more to her basically. Yes. And I think you did a great job of doing that. Even from what you just said, like that shows how much care you put into your work. And if you are going, and I'm speaking, not just you specifically, but if people are going to be in the artistic world and use their creative skills to better the world, you know, you have to be putting the care in to make sure this is what I want to say. And this is how I'm going to say it. And this is how I'm going to capture these people and their stories. And that's what you did. You're speaking to her without the cameras around. You spent, you know, nearly a year on this 15 minute film. That's how much care it really, really takes. But that's such an important lesson because it came out so well done and so beautiful. So it shows that you put the work in, you're gonna get great things from it. Definitely. And I also wanted her to feel like she was kind of like a co-collaborator too. Like I came up with the ideas, but I said, oh, if you want to get somebody to choreograph something for the piece, because I knew, I knew in my head I wanted her to be dancing under this like one spotlight, all I really knew. And she mm-hmm. was like, I'll come up with something. I was like, okay. And then she showed up with this whole, the whole solo I think she did was like three minutes and she made it up like the night before or something ridiculous. Yeah. And she's an incredible dancer. I was like, damn, like this girl is good. Yeah, she's incredible for <laughs> yeah. sure. What was it like being in charge of that project? Obviously, you've talked about being an intern, like doing your own thing, but this is like you were in charge of it all, I'm assuming. So what was that like? That was really, it was intimidating, but at the same time, it was like, I did find myself, it was the first time I was really confident in my idea. And I knew what I wanted to do. Because I did do like a junior thesis and freshman and sophomore. And I did like my ideas for those years, but I just didn't, I didn't have the confidence level to be like, when I had critiques, I took them more, not as so much to heart, but more as like fact, like, okay, they said, I need to change this. So maybe I should really do it. And I took every single one when I guess I learned over the years, you're supposed to kind of more or less take it with a grain of salt. Mm, That's so important to recognize. Yeah, that took me a long time to figure out. That was like a, a huge lesson I learned with this film was knowing what I wanted, because I did have kind of a back and forth with some people in class about what I wanted this film to say. A lot of them were like, you should really make this a story about her cancer and her journey and blah, blah. I was like, I really don't want to do that. I really want this to be about who she is and how she's did go through this thing, but now she's persevered and she's doing all these wonderful things. They're like, no, but this sounds really interesting. I was like, but that's not what I, so yeah. That. <laughs> if I were to make that film like two years ago, I would say I probably would have gave in to that suggestion because yeah. I didn't have like that confidence or comfort level. And that's, you know, that comes with experience that comes from probably your education too. But it's like, no, like I know what I'm doing. I've been trained, I've been educated and I'm going to put my work into the world and you can like it or not, but this is what I want to do. 
I didn't even think because you just see the finished product and like it looks professional, but I didn't even think this was like a, a school thing. Like you had to probably be in class all year dealing with, oh my God, dealing with everybody's opinion, especially in a conservatory where everybody has an opinion. So oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, trust me. I get it. So yeah, I didn't even think of that. And it's so tough about going to school for something artistic or creative because it's not personal, but everything inevitably hits kind of a personal level because Mm -hmm. it's really, it's your idea and it's your process that you're putting out into the world for everybody to critique. And Yes, you can always get better from other people's opinions. But what you said, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt and realize that you have your opinion and your backbone too, and you have something to say. And that's what matters. Absolutely. I mean, and and it's not to say like, don't take people's advice because you certainly no, Yeah, you certainly should, especially if like, maybe like if one person saying this certain critique, you should change one thing. Sure. Take it with a grain of salt. If six people are saying the same thing, maybe something's wrong. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, maybe I, I should listen this time. <laughs> I guess I'll take it, whatever. <laughs> I know, I know, I get it. I mean, you released that to the public last year, or no, this year. Can I ask, like, it was a whole year after you graduated, right, that you released it? So what was the reasoning for that? I was trying to get it into, like, film festivals and seeing if I could, like, do something with it, but then coronavirus hit. Mm. Then I was thinking to myself, realistically, how long will it be until we're able to actually like sit down at a festival and watch things? Because depending on the festival, films, especially short films, only have like a two-year lifespan average. Okay. So, you know, if I do wait it out, there's a chance it won't be seen at all anyway. And because it's so like, it's kind of like uplifting, I thought, you know, we're all kind of like stuck at home doing nothing anyway. So maybe this is a good time to do it because then people will be more inclined to watch it. Because they are at home doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think that's probably a smart move. Gets you motivated to like get up and like dance and move your body because she is like in shape and like doing her thing. I'm like, oh, right. damn, I need to get back into the yeah. studio. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you have to kind of adapt to the world around you. Obviously, nobody expected this year to be what it has been. <laughs> you could have put it into film festivals this year and I'm sure it would have done greatly, but that's just not the case in the world right now. So you do your thing, you put it out there, people are going to see it. And I'm sure it'll lead to another opportunity for you as it should. I sure hope so. (laughs) I know. Oh girl, I feel you. God, it's just, you know, your education and your talent and you know what you're going to do. But at the same time, it's just, there's uncertainty in this, in this field and I'm in it too. And I get it. And Mm -hmm. I'm in the same boat. How do you deal with that? Or do you, or do you just kind of ignore it? Because sometimes I do that too. It's okay. (laughs) I like to ignore it as much as possible, but I mean, it does hit me sometimes if I'm awake at two in the morning or something. And I'm just thinking like, what am I doing with my life? That type of contemplating. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Simple stuff. (laughs) Just, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I just try to take it t- day by day. That's all you can do. Because if it is far in the future, you freak yourself out. At least I, I agree. <laughs> no, I do too. And I, I deal with that a lot, especially right now. I'm like, what is next? Like, what's the next step? I have no idea. But I think, you know, looking at that big picture, of course, everything's unknown because it hasn't happened yet. Like, how are we supposed to know? It, it's like you said, taking it day by day, seeing what you could do in that day to actually take action and get something done. And then hopefully it'll lead to something else. And then soon enough, it'll all figure itself out. 
that's what I like to think happens. <laughs> you know, me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Huge question mark right now. But it is for everybody too. Yeah. So we're all in the same boat as much as it sucks. You know, the whole world is just like, help. <laughs> yeah. And selfishly, that does make me feel better. That Not that I want people to feel this way, but selfishly, I'm like, thank God you're also feeling it. And I'm not by myself. Yeah. It's yeah. Feeling. It's kind of comforting in that way. As we like cry. That's okay. <laughs> um, Wait, that's here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, so I wanted, I know we're like bouncing around here. When you were at Marvel, like what was a normal day for you like there? Huh. So. Or was there one? <laughs> not really. I mean, yeah, every day was different. And I think that's what I really loved about working there. I remember the first or second day I worked there, they had me go off with one of the production assistants. And we had to play the, had to, like we were forced, but we had to play these board games that Marvel had just came, come out with. And we, we basically just played these board games all day. And we, oh my God. the reason we had to do it was because I was going to help them make a tutorial video of how to play the games. So okay. in order for us to like write it and do all these things, we had to know how to play it. So it was like, I guess I'll play this board game with you. Sure. On the clock. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, oh, this is just the best job ever. Literally. Like, this is great. But yeah, it was mainly just helping people who needed help. So I was technically the video production intern. Sometimes I helped the camera guy. Sometimes I was helping the producer. Sometimes the editor. Or I'll bounce around. Maybe in one room or one studio, they're recording. They used to do Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It was like a talk show they did for their YouTube channel. I would go and help them for maybe two hours. Then I'd go to the other studio and help them with another thing. It was kind of just okay. kind of where they needed me pretty much. But it kept right. it it kept it exciting. And I'm sure you learned so much from that because you are bouncing around and fitting into all these different roles. You know, I feel like that's what you benefit from the most is when you realize what every person does in the room that helps you to be a leader in the room one day. Yeah. And it also kind of put a job title to like, it's almost like a name to face type thing. So like I understood like what everybody's job title was and what that meant. So like what their responsibilities were. One big thing I learned was like a producer on a film is different than a producer like that they had at Marvel. Their producers were more like producer slash director of said short that they're doing for, because we mainly did stuff for the YouTube channel there. One of the producers there was based more or less the director writer of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, one of the talk shows. That I would have never known because a producer to me is someone who does like budgets and like money and scheduling yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And those little things are they'll be so helpful and valuable to you just because, you know, you've been, you've been there, you know what you're doing. You're right. like, all right, I know what this person does. I can, mm -hmm. I can do it or I can help them out, whatever it is. So that's great. So after you've graduated, what have you been working on ever since college? Honestly, not that much, which I kind of used to be embarrassed to say, cause it's like, I felt like coming from college and like being a conservatory, you're constantly working. So I felt almost like disappointing to like, know that I'm really not doing anything but now that I've like moved past it and I am kind of sort of doing stuff like I'm working and all that yeah I'm like I'm happy I took that break because I, it was exhausting and I needed it yeah and it's your mental health that matters the most it's Absolutely. so important and especially being in that conservatory environment I mean it's just 
constant. You're constant. And it, it can be a great thing. You can learn a lot from it. But I think it's so healthy to just step back and be like, oh my God, there's a world outside of this school and this program. And kind of like how I approached the pandemic in the beginning, I was like, there's so many things I can do that I wasn't able to do. So let me do them. Now. Yes. So I went, to, I went to those doctor's appointments I've been putting off for like two, three years, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> the little stuff, you know. <laughs> little things. The only difference is between that and the pandemic. For the pandemic, I was like, oh, I can just do little things. Like, I can clean my room. I haven't done that in a while. But then I ran out of things to do out of after two weeks. I was like, oh. And we're still I know. here. <laughs> we're know? still here. And we're yep. still here. <laughs> Months later. <laughs> uh, hopefully there's an end in sight. I, I don't even know. It, it, it changes every day. <laughs> it does change every day. And I'm just like, whatever happens, happens. This year's a wash. Like, <laughs> I saw this thing on Twitter. It was like, I don't remember exactly what they said, but it like listed each month. March was the pandemic. April was like the murder hornets. And it like listed all these things that like at least one bad thing happened every month. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> it's, in- it's so depressing. It's insane. And I keep thinking this year has just flown by. And I think the reason is that it's just been constant chaos that we haven't been able to like sit and enjoy. We're just like, oh my God, <laughs> like an- another thing to panic about. It's so crazy. There's so much chaos, but yet we've all been just staying at home watching it. Yes. Would it feel as chaotic if we were just like in our normal routine in our lives? And at these You're right. Happening. But yeah. we're like sitting and we have nothing else to do but watch chaos unfold <laughs> almost. It's so much worse. It, it yeah, makes it so much hard. worse. But we're going to get through it, I hope and pray. <laughs> hope and pray. Um, so you have also, I've seen you, you've done a lot of work in the fields where you've been like with the Youth Climate Change March, you were doing Dance for a Cure. Um, one, like how do you find those opportunities? And two, do you like being out in the field and like getting whatever moments you can? I love being out in the field for sure. And how I got those opportunities, mainly just through connections. Like I Dance for a Cure I got because that was started by the girl who was in my documentary, Stephanie. That's a foundation where it's a huge dance convention. And it was organized by her and her family. And I went and I filmed the whole event. Me and a couple others went and filmed the whole event. Basically, you just left donations and it was donated to childhood cancer research. And it was all these dance instructors that just volunteered their time. And it was an all-day event. It was like really amazing to just watch and i i think i would love filming those events too because there are so many beautiful little moments that are happening all around and you're the one who's going to capture them so that people can remember them forever so it's it's an important thing that you're doing and probably not the most recognized but it's it's so important yeah absolutely i couldn't yeah how much how talented these kids were i was like i was definitely not like this when i was dancing (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as long as you love it and you're happy doing it. I mean, it led you to where you are today, I would think, you know. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It come full circle. I know. I've been so obsessed with Dance Moms lately. I don't know why, but I've been like, (laughs) I've literally been watching it every day. And I, it's like, it's something comforting. It's like about a dance competition, which is like not healthy, but you know. (laughs) I used to love that show when it was on. And And it was crazy. I got to work with Mia. No way. Um, yeah, when I was <gasps> when I was interning with Jordan Matter, because he does a lot of the, he doesn't do just Dance Moms, but he'll do a lot of the other, like, Instagram famous dancers, like Sophie Dossie and all that cool. stuff. 
So, but that was really weird to see like her and then Holly like in the same room as me, like in person. Like this is not on my TV screen. Yeah. (laughs) Weird (laughs) moment I had just internally. Did they seem like nice people from your interaction? Oh yeah, just like that. They seem like the most down to earth from my viewing lately. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But that's so cool. And even that, like, it all stems from that one email you sent to that guy, you know? And look at all these opportunities it's brought you. Shoot your shot, guys. Shoot your shot. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. It's very true. Um, So what do you want to do in the future career-wise? Like, no pressure. I'm not, like, asking you what you're doing next. Just, like, if you had to choose, what would you be doing? Don't sweat. Come on, you're fine. <laughs> I know. I used to hate that question, especially, like, in college. I was just... I hate it, too. But I ask everybody it. <laughs> I guess just somewhere doing some kind of documentary filmmaking of some kind. But I do love, in particular, I love television and love the way like these short HBO series I just finished watching this isn't documentary but I did just finish watching Euphoria on HBO so good love so it good. I have to watch the season finale no spoilers <laughs> oh my god text me when you finish it because it's okay. <laughs> really good so I have to watch that episode still but I love a seven episode long form series I don't know why I have a heart this is such a terrible thing for me to say as somebody who majored in film but have a hard time sitting down and watching movies <laughs> but I have yeah. no problem sitting down and watching an hour-long episode that weird? I got you <laughs> I don't know in my opinion a seven episode series like it's like a long movie but it's yeah. you get more information about every character and every plot line and um I don't know I think I really like that too and the fact that you can kind of do it on your own time it makes it more intimate it makes it more like interesting so I mean, I love movies, but I think I agree with you on that, that all these new series that are coming out, you're just able to dive so in-depth into everything. Another level of character development and stuff about the story that I don't think you, I I don't want to say, yeah, I guess that you wouldn't get in a movie. Yeah. Do you think you want to stick with nonfiction stuff or go to more narratives or a little bit of both or? Probably more nonfiction stuff. I've been really obsessed with like talk shows and things like that. It kind of goes to like, I like genuine moments. So I do think that interviews like that will get it at points. So I I would like things like that or just any kind of like documentary filmmaking. Absolutely. Do you edit your own stuff too? Or um, Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite parts too, because you really get to create the story. And yeah. Yeah. One thing that's crazy too about like the difference between documentary and narrative is with narrative, you write the script and then you already have direction and you know you don't know how you're going to edit but you more or less have an outline but with documentary it's kind of like reverse it's almost as if you're writing the script while you're filming and then you make it all together when you edit it because you're just like yeah i'm gonna get all this stuff and then you kind of just put it piece it together you find the story after the whole life happens that's so cool that's what i really love it too i just i admire you so much that you're really making a career out of it what would be some advice for maybe a high school or college kid who's looking to do film and photography? Mainly, I mean, we've said it a bunch, but I'll say it again. Shoot your shot. Yeah. You mm-hmm. never know. Like, you know, that simple email, that simple Instagram DM, it doesn't matter where it will get you. Even if you don't get the job, maybe you got that connection. I really do believe in that too. And, you know, <laughs> if you put yourself out there, you're bound to get something back. It's just, yeah, something's going to happen. And, um, yeah, you just got to keep doing it because of course, like not everything is going to get a response, but something will. So 
so keep going until you find that something. And it's terrifying to do it. Uh, trust me, I know. But <laughs> like once you do it, you're going to just be so thankful. Yeah, and look where it's gotten you, you know? You've you've photographed Mia. No, I'm just kidding. You've done so much more than that. <laughs> I'm telling you I'm obsessed, but no. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's really not, but it was just cool. No, you're doing such great work, and you seem to be so grounded in your values and your mission. So congratulations on that, and just keep going with it. I can't wait to see what you do next. Yes, you too. You're, you're killing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, you, you like, you guys, I mean, I'm sure, you know, on social media, we always just put our highlights. I oh. mean, of course, like we're, we're killing it. We're doing our thing, but we have our hard days too. So it's okay to like recognize oh, that, but you just keep going, you do your thing and it's like more success on. will come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I recommend to everybody to watch Tabby's documentary on Stephanie called I am free. Tell them uh, where they can find that. Oh, you can find it on my Instagram. It should be in my bio still, but it's on Vimeo. And what's your Instagram name? It's at Tabby underscore Barnett. Awesome. And I'll link it. I'll do everything. I think we're good. I mean, if there's, you good? Anything else you want to say? I think, I think that's it, right? Perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Tabby. I've definitely loved having you. You're amazing. Aw, thanks. (laughs) Of course. All right. Bye. Have a great day. Bye.